pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code GREEN. It's time for this week's Serve Pro of Champagne at Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. Here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is powered by SurfPro for fire and water cleanup and restoration. SurfPro, like it never even happened. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Welcome to the SurfPro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. After week two of the high school football season here in Illinois, I'm Colin Likas, not joined currently by Jim Rosso, hopefully able to make it over. He had another work engagement to be at for the start of this show today, uh, hoping he can stop by. He always likes to interact with the high school kids we bring in here, and tonight we are going to be joined a little later on by two Unity football players, uh, Blake Kimball and Dylan Rutledge, the starting quarterback and a starting wide receiver for the Rockets, respectively. Also going to be hearing from Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman and Monticello football coach Cully Welter a little later on in this show. And of course, I'll be breaking down my top 10, which appeared in last Sunday's News Gazette. But in case you missed it, I'm here to recap the whole thing for you and provide a little more insight as to my selection process. So thanks for joining us tonight. Um, right now, don't have an interview to start off with, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about the local scene after week two. Uh, just going to uh, share a few things. First of all, uh, I know one thing we talked about early in this show last week was Urbana football foregoing the remainder of its varsity games. Didn't have enough um, guys with significant varsity experience, so they felt more comfortable just doing a JV-only schedule and uh, seeing what happens again in 2022. Uh, another program, local program, a little further away from Champaign, has decided to do the same thing, Sullivan Okaw Valley on Tuesday. Uh, Sullivan specifically, as the head of the cooperative, announced that they would be foregoing their final seven varsity games uh, in favor of a JV-only schedule. Uh, most immediately impacted by this was Tuscola, who was supposed to host Sullivan in Tuscola's home opener this Friday. So Tuscola scrambled and uh, pretty quickly actually got a replacement opponent in Park Heritage out of Indiana. Uh, those teams will be playing now at Tuscola on Friday at 7.30. Uh, looking forward to that interesting, probably first-ever matchup, I would have to imagine. Uh, but I talked with uh, Tuscola football coach Andy Romine. Uh, I've talked with him many times over the years just about various topics relating to high school football. I was curious about some of the things he had to tell me uh, about this situation. Obviously, the, the, one of his first thoughts was about the kids over at Sullivan saying he knows the, the tradition's strong over there, even though the program has struggled in recent years. He knows there's kids who want to compete over there, and, and he feels terribly for them, and that's certainly something that I think we can, we can all commiserate with right now, especially coming off of the back of the COVID high school season that was 2021 that just left athletics totally, totally looking different than they ever had before. Uh, left so many seasons topsy-turvy, took away opportunities from so many people. Uh, certainly it's disappointing to know that, especially for your senior athletes, that the very next opportunity to compete could be taken away because of something like low turnout, uh, COVID issues, things of that nature. But, you know, he also, uh, we got to talking, Andy Romine and I did, about the forfeit policy that the IHSA has. It's very interesting. It's something I think we've addressed a little bit on this show, and maybe people don't fully understand it because... Certainly, forfeits are not something that used to commonly happen uh, just in, in recent years before before these last couple seasons because, you know, teams typically don't have to forfeit all the time. But now, turnout is lower than ever for, for athletes. There, there's so many different sports, so many different uh, paths you can take as far as athletics go. Uh, COVID issues obviously make things even more difficult as well, and forfeits are just happening left and right across the state. So the way this works is Tuscola, if they had just decided that uh, that Sullivan game, that they were just going to take the forfeit win, then that would be the end of it. 
but you know, if Coach Romine told me, he said we, we don't want to take a forfeit win unless it's absolutely necessary. We're going to go try and find an opponent to play. And that's what they did. But the thing is, now you've just given away an automatic win, essentially, which um, doesn't seem totally totally fair to that team, uh, especially when you can go out there. Tuscola could go out on Friday night and they could lose to Park Heritage. I don't know all that much about Park Heritage. I, I don't know what the quality of opponent is really going to be. But it's certainly interesting uh, that this, this could happen, that Tuscola could voluntarily give away a win uh, and end up losing a game. So one suggestion Coach Romine came up with to me was you get the forfeit win, you accept that forfeit win, then just try and go find a match matchup that doesn't count toward a win or a loss. It's just something that you're able to play. The kids can get that work in instead of sitting on the sidelines for a week, things of that nature. So I think that, that makes sense. I don't really know what an alternative would be. I think it's really a, an A or B thing. I don't think there's an option C for something like that. Uh, it's really just you, you take the forf- the current situation, you take the forfeit win, or you don't take it, or the option Coach Romine's presented where you get the forfeit win regardless, and then you go ahead and go find some other matchups so you're not just sitting at home on Friday night. I think I prefer option B a little bit better. But, you know, let us know what you think. If you want to call in, let us know. Feel free. Uh, be glad to take your call, certainly. Let's go ahead and get into one little bit of coaching interview we've got here for the early portion of the show. I recently caught up with St. Thomas Moore coach Nathan Watson on uh, on Tuesday specifically. I uh, chatted with him a, a little bit about what happened with them uh, after their week one game. So this didn't make it uh, out in time for our first edition of high school uh, prep football confidential. But STM football, St. Thomas Moore football, wound up uh, forfeiting its week one game. Uh, against Milford Cisna Park, which it had won 34 to nothing, because uh, Nathan Watson watched the film post game, and the school realized that an athlete who was ineligible had played for a series. Uh, and even though the athlete did not record any meaningful statistics, uh, Coach Watson and the school felt it pertinent to report to the eight-man association that St. Thomas More plays for. The, the eight-man association deferred to the IHSA, and the IHSA said, "You're going to forfeit this game." Coach Watson was suspended for one game, did not coach on the sidelines as STM took on Orangeville in Week 2 and ultimately lost 26-18 in a very competitive game. But talking with Coach Watson, he doesn't think that forfeit really harmed his team in that game against Orangeville. In fact, he feels like his kids handled it very maturely. Let's take a listen. You kind of reiterate now that the whole week's fast and things are relatively back to normal, just how you feel about the way the guys handled everything in the last week or so. The thing I like about coaching at St. Thomas more is I feel like our kids carry themselves a different way. I feel like they're more mature. Um, they understood what went down, and they understand people make mistakes. And honestly, I feel like it was over, honestly, within about 15 minutes or five minutes, rather. We talked about it and told them what was going on and, and everything, and we we just went back to work for for whatever reason, and I don't think I don't think it's connected. This Orangeville game, Orange is a very high caliber team. Like they're they're a top three team easily, and and when you when you play a team like that, your any bad habits you develop like come back to haunt you. And I think mm-hmm. we saw that on the film. And uh, you know, well we we actually practiced on Labor Day, and you know it was mostly just a recovery practice and film, but you know. We pointed out the, the mistakes that we made because a, jo- a coach's job to put their team in a position to be successful, and they had a chance to win that game. They had more than one chance, and, and they saw it. Once we showed it to them, they saw it, and, you know, today is going to be our first real test. So t- today's a, like a real practice. I don't know what they're going to do, but based on my experiences in St. Thomas More, they will respond today, and hopefully we'll see it on the field on Friday. That was Coach Nathan Watson of the St. Thomas More football team. You have to commend, I think, the way that the Sabres responded to this whole situation from the top down. Uh, Coach Watson and the the administrators at St. Thomas More determining we need to report, self-report, this mistake as minor as it may be. Uh, So, you know, we we don't get viewed as trying to hide something, trying to push something under the rug. And then the kids, for responding in the way they did, didn't pout, didn't go out there and just say, we're throwing this week two game against Orangeville because Coach Watson's not on the sideline. No, they went out there and they battled. Ultimately came up a little bit short. 
Uh, St. Thomas More is going to be visiting Blue Ridge in week three, and I know the Sabres are fired up to get their first official win of the 2021 season. I still think the Sabres are going to be in pretty good position in the eight-man postseason when that rolls around. Uh, They don't have the easiest schedule, but I think there's going to be quite a few wins on the docket for them moving forward. Before we go to our first break, let's start to break down some of our top 10 that, as I said earlier, was unveiled in last Sunday's News Gazette. But if you always want a little bit more of a breakdown on how that's determined, you come here and I can provide that because obviously the print edition of the paper only has so much room for me to explain why teams are ranked the way they are. So checking in at number 10 this week, we have the Westville Tigers out in Vermilion County. Westville is 2-0, and they are jumping into the rankings for the first time this season after routing Watsika uh, in Week 2. Westville is going to face Oblong in Week 3 at a neutral field, actually Salt Forks field. Reason for this, Westville's field has been undergoing renovations for quite a long time, and the field is just not quite ready uh, for play yet. So Westville's uh, seemingly never-ending road trip is going to be continuing for one more game, though Catlin's not especially far from Westville. Uh, Westville has not played a true home game since 2019. Been quite a while for them, so I'm sure they're going to be excited uh, when they can get back on their home field here later this month. Our number eight team this week, number nine team this week, I'm sorry, is the Danville Vikings. Danville is down four spots at one and one after falling to Centennial in Big 12 Conference play. Now that makes producer Dylan a little happy because he has some family connections with a team that is a little higher up in the rankings that I just mentioned with Centennial. We'll we'll talk about Centennial a little bit more later in the show. But yes, Danville dropping that matchup 13-6 to last Friday. I was there. You can read the multiple stories I had from that game in Saturday and Sunday's News Gazette and at our website. But Danville is going to try to be bouncing back uh, in this upcoming week when they face Peoria. That's going to be an extremely challenging matchup, even at home for Danville. And our number eight team down one spot this week is the Tuscola Warriors. Tuscola took on a state-ranked Cumberland team with Tuscola itself being state-ranked. It was number six in 1A versus number eight in 1A. The Warriors gave up a late score, less than a minute remaining, and ultimately came up just a bit short against the Pirates. 26-22 to was that final score. Tuscola, as I said before, was supposed to host Sullivan Okaw Valley in Week 3. Now they will be taking on Park Heritage at 7.30 p.m. on Friday. So let's go ahead and hit our first commercial break now on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. Coming up next, we're going to have our two Unity football athletes who I mentioned just a bit ago. So especially if you're from Tolono, stay tuned for that. Butch here. SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana would like to say thank you for voting us number one in restoration and number one in cleaning services for the third year in a row. We are proud to be your choice when you need to make it like it never even happened. We are adding team members in our Urbana and Danville teams. We offer great benefits and competitive wages and opportunities for growth. Please call 217-355-0077 to set up an interview or apply online at surfprochampaignurbana.com. Hi, this is Kyle with Fastnerd Etc. Fastnerd Etc. is proud to have served downstate Illinois' Fastener and industrial supply needs for over 25 years. Factories, farms, municipalities, construction sites, welding shops, and so many more have used the value of our professional-grade products, knowledgeable staff, and free delivery to keep their jobs on time and on budget. Fastnerd Etc. Proud to be your partner in inventory management for 25 years. And we look forward to serving you for 25 more. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Wirtz at Wirtz Chiropractic. I want to say thank you for voting us as your number one chiropractic office two years in a row. We are blessed and thankful to be able to serve the wonderful people of Champaign and the surrounding towns. We treat back pain, neck pain, headaches, improve sports performance, and help you move and feel better. We work with most insurance plans and have a discount option too if your insurance doesn't cover chiropractic. Our treatments are safe and pain-free. Give us a call at 217-352-9108. It's Wirtz Chiropractic at The Crossing in Southwest Champaign. Staying informed is all about asking the right questions. That's why Schwab encourages you to ask questions about the way your wealth is managed. 
Do you know how much you're paying? And do you get your feedback if you're not happy? At Schwab, we offer the industry's only satisfaction guarantee. If you're not happy for any reason, we'll refund your fee and work with you to make things right. So ask your broker questions. If you don't like their answers, ask again at Schwab. Visit schwab.com slash compare us or call the Champaign Independent Branch at 217-689-4767. Are you looking for a delicious and healthy option to satisfy your hunger? Look no further than Strawberry Fields Cafe. Leave behind the guilt and try one of their delicious vegan, vegetarian, and gluten-free desserts today. Maybe you're in the mood for something savory. They have that too. Strawberry Fields offers a variety of hot foods, specially crafted sandwiches, salads, spreads, and soups. Top off any meal with one of their fruit smoothies or juices. Strawberry Fields is happy to serve you breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Stop in today at 306 West Springfield Avenue, Urbana, Illinois. Champagne Danville overhead doors can give you a new look to the familiar face of your home. Did you know that new garage doors can improve as much as a third of the front of your home? Champagne Danville overhead doors have trained techs who in just one day can make a great door work excellent. And you will experience a well-balanced, quiet door with precision rollers. There are infinite combinations of styles, colors, and compositions to choose from. Give your home a new look. Visit Champagne Danville overhead doors today online or call 217-367-8121. That's 367 367- 8121. This week's Serve Pro Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas. It is 6.15 in Champaign. And we are glad to be joined by a pair of Unity football players for our first live interview segment of the show. Joined now by quarterback Blake Kimball and wide receiver Dylan Rutledge. Guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight from Tolono. And Blake, I'll start with you. 2-0 start for this Unity team. You guys were ranked fourth in the latest Class 3 AAP poll that came out a little earlier today. Um, This about what you guys expected to start the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, We we know we had a tough schedule starting the year, and we just came out practice hard, and we expect to win deep tradition. I always say that, but... Yeah, we, we expect to be nowhere else. And Dylan, as far as getting to open the season the way you guys did, I know Blake mentioned the tough start, Prairie Central, St. Joe Ogden, teams you can never overlook, but even so, being at Hicks Field for those first two games, how important was that to get this, to start the season off in that way? Uh, it felt great to uh, get to be in front of our home fans and just get a feel for the game again. And it hasn't been that long, only a couple months, but <laughs> for the newer guys, them to get a feel, um, it's really great. And so... Yeah. It's a good feel for the game so far. Oh, absolutely. And, and Dylan, I'll, I'll ask you, since you mentioned it, I think different people adjust to this in different ways, the turnaround of how fast this has all been for you guys, especially since so many of you play multiple sports. What's it been like for you personally trying to turn around the, the quick football seasons from, you know, last April to here in August? I think it's been – I liked it, honestly. Um, yeah. I think quick turnaround. Uh, we were already mentally and prepared and in shape for most of us. We didn't have to go through that where everyone was in, not in shape off season. We were pretty much all ready for it. Okay. Well, Blake, kind of a similar question for you, but I want to talk specifically from the quarterback perspective because, you know, when you're a multi-year starting quarterback, I think that always gives you a little bit of a a leg up because quarterbacks have to change so often at the high school level. For you, having that quick turnaround then from, you know, mid-April to late August, how much has that helped you as a quarterback specifically? Um, It was great. I mean, I didn't have to relearn the signals again, and uh, just everything was still fresh and arm felt good. I don't say I didn't really have to get back into it. I could just we were just ready to go get back out there and just short break felt like we were fine, knew everything we needed to know. Right, right. <clears throat> now, Dylan, uh, as far as just the way this season has started for you guys, just not not terribly overwhelming wins. I mean, 33-8 against St. Joe looks overwhelming, but I know that game was closer entering the fourth quarter. But even so, how comfortable are you guys feeling with the direction of this program right now? I think we're feeling pretty comfortable. Uh, 2-0 start. Um, those first teams, they weren't. They were pretty decent opponents, mm-hmm. and we got IVC this week, who's another solid opponent. Mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna find out who we are again this week. So. And, and Blake, as far as the week two game against St. Joe, I know it's an opponent that, you know, usually you just think about the rivalry with mm-hmm. that game, and it's yeah. really intense in that way. But there was a lot of kind of extra emotion thrown in on the St. Joe side because they've had some recent tragedies over there. What What was that like being part of that atmosphere in the pregame? Um, it was a it it was great honoring Coach Duvall, great coach. Um, it was it was sad seeing that, but after that, it just felt like I wanted to go out there and play. Um, Kofi was there, a lot of people were there. <laughs> very high emotion, like you said, but super fun game, great atmosphere. Just want to go out there and give it your all and play hard. 
Do you actually notice Kofi Coburn like on the sideline in real time? Um, I did, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the thing was, I went to the sideline. One of our ball boys was like, "Wait, Kofi's here!" I looked over, and he's hard to miss. I mean, he's pretty big, and I looked over there, and there he was. I'm like, "Oh, he's here!" Yeah, the seven, so, yeah. the seven foot tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Talking with Unity football players Blake Kimball and Dylan Rutledge. Dylan, uh, you mentioned uh, Chillicothe IVC coming up in week three. Uh, not not to give anybody any bulletin board material, but I know you have some definitely interesting matchups coming up down the road as well. Is there any game now that we're a little further into the season that you guys are really looking forward to? Or? I think we're uh, looking forward, obviously, to maybe PBL and Monticello because mm-hmm. they're obviously really two solid football teams. And as we haven't played PBL in I don't know how many years mm-hmm. or new this year and then Monticello it's always a game to look forward to so yeah yeah similarly Blake just seeing a team like like PBL they're off to a 2-0 start just like you guys Monticello another rival they're off to a 2-0 start how exciting is it to know you guys have those games down the line to know it's just it's probably going to be a war going out there in those two yeah well Monticello is super anticipated this year not to overlook anybody else but like we didn't play them last year like Mm -hmm. we're both 5-0 so I mean we, I think both of us want to play each other and see, see who's really the best team in the conference. But, yeah, PBL is a great team. A lot of quality opponents coming up, but not to look over, over, ugh, overlook anybody. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Monticello, I think, super anticipated. Now, Blake, sticking with you, just take me through the quarterback play of these first two games for you and uh, what you've kind of seen from yourself, what you've seen from this offense as well as the leader of the offense that, that yeah. makes you feel confident that Unity, that the Unity offense can keep going this way. Yeah, we uh, we have brand new offensive line. I think everybody was new this year, and it was kind of we didn't know how good they would be, but they've made very large improvements from week one to week two, and they've done great uh, receiving core. Like for example, him, he's he's <laughs> been great. We have a great connection. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, running backs are great. We have more of a new offense, but yeah, I think it's starting to click. Um, for me, I would say I didn't run the ball much last year. I had Lane. Sure. Yeah, he did most of the running. Mm-hmm. This year I'm starting to get – I've gotten stronger and I just feel more comfortable running the ball this year. So I, that's a new aspect of the offense. For those not familiar with Unity Football, Blake is talking about Lane Innes, who uh, is now graduated but was basically a bowling ball of a running back <laughs> last school year at, what, 6'4", 240, something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably like more 260. 260, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty hard to stop when he yeah. gets ahead of steam. So, But – Talking again about that uh, connection between you two, Dylan, uh, last game against St. Joe, five catches for 106 and a touchdown. Uh, when you are out there, you know, running your routes, doing your job, what are you looking for from Blake? What have you, what have you seen from him as far as his growth as a quarterback? Well, I'm just looking to get some space because I know if I get some space, I'm going to get the ball from him. So, you know, I do my job and I, I know he's going to do his job. So I just feel like we got that connection. I think I can there. add to that. Go ahead. So, <laughs> you're uh, ready. We're, we're, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. We uh, we've known each other for like I don't know since we were almost born. We uh, mm-hmm. we played backyard football back in my backyard, and we put in fake plays, and it's all coming to real life now. Like all these <laughs> plays we ran in the backyard as kids, it's working out on a Friday night on the football field. So yeah, I, I'd say we have a great connection yeah. out there, and we just we feel what, what we're thinking. That's awesome. I like yeah. that. Now, uh, Blake, as far as just working under Coach Hamilton, I've talked to plenty of Unity athletes yeah. on the show about being with Coach Hamilton, playing for him, but just the history of the fact that he's been to five state championship games and you guys having the, that aspiration as well, uh, how exciting is it to just walk into the locker room every day, walk onto Hicks Field every day, and know that you're fighting for a state championship, basically? Yeah, it's uh, super thankful for that. We're blessed for that. Coach Hamilton Great coach. It's always fun being around him. Great personality. Uh, I think everybody's bought in every single year to, due to that aspect. It's just it's awesome to know we have that coach above us and that's going to lead us to that that goal we have for ourselves. And Dylan, as far as memory making goes, it's been a strange first three years for high school. Well, probably more so strange last year for high school. I'm sure the first two are a little more normal. What's maybe a defining memory for, for you and for the senior class as far as football goes so far at Unity High School? I know you have more memories you want to make this year, but in the in the previous three years, what would you say? Well, last year we also we had an undefeated season, but it was a shortened season. So, I mean, that's the first undefeated season we've had in a while. So, I mean, we're just looking to do that again maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, getting up to DeKalb as well for, for State, is that something you guys – think about talk about on a regular basis i know i just mentioned it to blake about uh about that state championship aspiration but is it something that's outwardly really talked about all that much i'm sure we think about it as players but we don't talk about it we just mm-hmm. go week by week trying to get a win each week so yeah. 
All right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, but you don't have to answer. It's your choice. Like I said, bulletin board material and so on. What is Unity Football's regular season record going to be? Not not postseason, regular season record. 9-0. I know. <laughs> I like a 9-0 and o too. It like, sounds good. There you go. I like it. I like it. You guys have to show confidence. I mean, yep. you, yeah, you, you, can, yeah, you, you can always give other teams credit, but, yep. you know, 9-0. All right, Blake Campbell, Dylan Rutledge, Unity Football guys. Thank you again for thank stopping you. by. Appreciate and, uh, it. Chillicothe IVC on the docket for Week Three. It's on the road. That's where you can see Unity Football next. You see them at Hicks Field again the following week, September seventeenth. They're hosting Olympia at seven p.m. We're going to take our next commercial break. When we come back, we are going to be hearing in short order from Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman. So stay tuned for that. I bought a new gas range and dishwasher. This box store said they install, but just dropped them in my kitchen saying, I need a plumber. Well, Mrs. Customer got herself in a pickle again, going to the old lumber yard, thinking that's where appliances come home ready to use. They just showed up, dropped them off, and left. No doubt they took your money and ski-daddled out of the county. Service after the sale isn't something that happens often these days. Mr. Narrator Guy, where do you go? Much obliged you asked. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, they do things different. Hook up to gas and water. Shoot, they'll even convert natural gas to propane for the country folk. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, sounds like they'll fix me right up. Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance World's Labor Day sale is going on now, all through September. GE French Door Refrigerators are in stock. Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Dear Exit Strategy, all your pieces are in place. Let's pick the perfect Toyota for our great escape. Want to slip away to a tranquil lake? The sporty Camry can get you there in style. Enjoy a starlit view of serene skies with the elegant Venza's available Stargaze panoramic roof. Or ride off into a lush emerald forest in the Toyota RAV4 and leave the hustle and bustle of the city behind. The RAV4's got a versatile sense of adventure, and it's looking for a like-minded co-pilot like you. The perfect hideout is waiting to be discovered, and the Highlander is ready to take you there in its spacious cabin. Maybe you want to climb high above the crowds and chaos in the dynamic and bold CHR. No matter which vehicle you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon. Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or check out toyota.com and start planning your getaway today. Toyota, let's go places. Far too many people suffer the kind of muscular discomfort that makes everyday activities seem difficult. Worse yet, they think the pain is normal and that nothing can be done. Bodywork Associates provides a special form of massage called precision neuromuscular therapy that targets muscular tension and trigger points. Plus, it is deeply relaxing and renewing. This is Doug Nelson, and I founded Bodywork Associates in 1982 to serve people who hurt. If that's you, just three half-hour sessions might make a world of difference. Call 351-1011 or visit bodyworkassociates.com. There may be a lot of reasons to call a roofing company, but you don't always need a new roof. Bash Pepper Roofing specializes in maximizing your roofing investment. We want to protect your family and your business through all weather conditions with our quality roofing options. Call Bash Pepper Roofing for an honest opinion on the best options for your roofing needs, and we will customize a roofing plan for your home or business. As a locally owned business, we've proudly served East Central Illinois for the past 100 years. Bash Pepper Roofing, large or small, we cover them all. This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas. It is 628 on a beautiful sunny day in Champaign. Thanks again to Unity Seniors Blake Kimball and Dylan Rutledge for joining me. They did a great job representing the Rockets who knows which two athletes or which school, I should say, we will represent on next week's show. We had Centennial in week one. We had Unity in week two. It always helps if your team posts a win the previous week. So there's your incentive beyond, you know, making the playoffs, winning a state championship, you know, the things you probably talk about more than this radio show. But a little extra incentive anyway. Uh, before we hear from Salt Fork Coach Joe, Joe Hagman, we are going to jump back into our top ten a little bit. Maybe specifically because our number seven team is Joe Hagman's Salt Fork Storm. Salt Fork is 2-0 and o 
coming off another high offensive performance uh, against Moments in Week 2. 46-26 was that final. Uh, Salt Fork beat Dwight 60-12 in Week 1. So the Salt Fork offense certainly is flying high right now. Uh, they are going to be visiting Seneca in Week 3, and Seneca is a team that has kind of been up and down so far, so perhaps Salt Fork can be 3-0 and going into an interesting Week 4 matchup that we're going to talk about in a little bit with Coach Eggman. Our number 6 team is the Centennial Chargers. Centennial <laughs> is making Dylan happy with the, with its inclusion up two spots this week after a very proving ground win over Danville 13 to 6 at Tommy Stewart Field. Crowd was out there for it too. The stands were pretty well filled on the Centennial side, which is definitely good to see. Uh, despite, you know, additional security measures that were put in place, they had some some wands out there, metal scanners, things of that nature. It didn't seem to bother anybody. People just flowed out. They were just glad to get back out there and watch some high school football in Champaign. But Centennial is going to be uh, hosting Normal West this week in what should be a pretty interesting matchup, I'd say. I would honestly say that's a flip of a coin type matchup, which for Centennial probably not been the case in recent years, but I think they've gotten to that point now where that's that's a flip of a coin matchup against Normal West, so we'll see what happens. And then our number five team is the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin Blue Devils. Blue Devils are 2-0. After the unusual situation where they had to travel to South Vermilion, Indiana on less than 24 hours notice and ended up winning that game 61-43 to after Dwight pulled out of the planned Week 2 game, Bismarck is going to be hosting Watsika on Saturday afternoon in Week 3 action. And now, sticking with Vermilion County, glad to be joined by Salt Fork coach Joe Hagman. Joe, thank you so much for being part of our show tonight. Hi, Colin. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. And uh, your guys are off to a 2-0 and start. Um, without uh, without knowing off the top of my head, I would say that's probably the best start or close to the best start in your tenure so far. So how are you feeling about the direction of this Storm program right now? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're liking the direction we're headed. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've had uh, the ability to create some really explosive, explosive offensive plays in the first couple weeks of the season and uh, score some points. Uh, we are, we spent a lot of time this week talking to our kids about, you know, the ability to, to focus and be more consistent um, across the board, uh, you know, and uh, try to get better and dial in some little things as we move along offensively and defensively. Well, I'd say there's a lot dialed in on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, 116 points over the first two games. You can be happy with the offense, but were you expecting something like that? Uh, No. Uh, You know, I knew coming into this year that we had some kids that if we could get them into open space, we 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 had really good team speed, the best team speed we've had since, you know, in my tenure. And, you know, we felt like if we could create some space for our kids, our skill kids, uh, that we would be okay. Um, you know, we, up front, we had some young kids that we knew were going to have to step up and play and, you know, just trying to figure out exactly how quickly we could get them ready for a Friday night was one of our big concerns coming into the, to this season. And I think, you know, we've had some young offensive linemen step up and, and really do some nice things for us. And I think that's been, that's been one of the keys that's allowed us to be so successful. Well, before we talk about some of these specific guys, I just want to get your thoughts as an incumbent coach of the last few years on the Vermilion Valley Conference Football Alliance, uh, several Sangamon slash former Sangamon Valley Conference teams linking up with the VVC to form the North and South Divisions. Uh, You guys are in the middle of playing crossover games, as I mentioned before. You guys have Dwight and Moments already playing Seneca and Iroquois West coming up. Uh, As a coach, how do you feel about this new alliance? Uh, you, you know, I, I like the fact that for the first time in a while, I feel like, you know, our nine games were set coming into the year. Um, you know, it wasn't something where we were worrying about, you know, who we were going to who we were going to try to find to play in a certain week. Um, you know, and you've got you've got six good teams up there that, uh, you know, have have a lot of good tradition and, and, you know, they're well coached, play some good football. I mean, obviously, the one drawback to, to the situation is, is it does create some travel. Uh, you know, uh, some distance, but as far as I, I really like the fact that, you know, you know, we're in May and June coming out of the spring season, you know, there was no doubt who we were playing that your schedule was set and you knew you had nine games on it and you weren't scrambling to try to find somebody. 
And I mean, traditionally, these are some of these teams, at least, are, are teams you guys are familiar with playing anyway during your non-conference schedule. Absolutely. You know, we, this, we've been to Dwight before. We've played them a couple times. Um, obviously, we're not playing Wadsika this year or next year, but that's somebody we've played pretty consistently over the last six years and, you know, non-conference games. So I have some familiarity with them. Obviously, you know, we hadn't seen moments in a while. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think Salt Fork's ever played Seneca, so Friday night will be, uh, you know, our first trip up there. Talking with Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman. Let's dive into some individual guys. Uh, ground and pound football is uh, typically something we see a lot of in Vermilion County, and uh, Ben Jessup grinding out 113 yards on 14 carries, three touchdowns uh, last week in the win over Moments. Was that a, was that a ground and pound, though, or was he more weaving in and out uh, of the tackles? What, what did Ben bring to the table in that performance? Well, uh, you know, early he, he had, when before the rain the heavy rain came he was uh he was he did a nice job of setting up blocks creating situations where again you know those young linemen could be successful put them in good spots used his vision and his speed to you know get himself in positions to make some nice long runs and the second half when the rain started falling heavy and you know hanging on the football was priority it was a little bit more of a straight ahead kind of downhill approach to the game and trying to keep it simple i mean you got Ben Jessup, you got Ethan McLean, two very fast track guys I know who had a lot of positive exploits during the Class 1A postseason in track earlier this year. Uh, they're not just running the ball from the backfield either. Multiple kickoff returns, including Ben opening the scoring against Moments with this with this opening kickoff return. I know a lot of that can be credited to the guys running the ball, but obviously some really good blocking as well. What, what have you guys seen that's allowed you to get multiple kickoff returns for touchdowns already just two games into the season? Uh, you know, we uh, we spent a lot of time in between week one and two uh, working on the kickoff return because we actually fumbled a couple back to Dwight in week one, so it was kind of a focus of ours in week two. And, uh, you know, I think it really paid off. I think our kids finally dialed in and understood exactly the scheme we were looking to go with and, you know, and where we're trying to get blocks to. And, I, you know, I think they did a good job of, of getting themselves in position and putting themselves between, you know, our ball carrier and uh, kickoff guys coming down the field, and that allowed us to be much more successful. And on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I know you guys have maybe a lot of few more points than you would like, but ultimately you're doing enough on the defensive side to, to make that not an issue. One guy whose name stands out to me, I'm going back to track and field, more so the field side, Garrett Taylor, big, strong kid, reigning state discus champion now. Uh, I have to imagine that he is a huge part of this defense. I see he had 15 tackles uh, against Moments in uh, week two. Garrett is. Garrett does a, Garrett's made a tremendous improvement. Um, he does a nice job. He's one of our inside linebackers. Uh, you know, Garrett, uh, Garrett spends a lot of time. He breaks down a lot of film, watches what other teams are doing, and tries to understand what they're doing and put himself in position to make plays. Um, and, you know, he uh, not only is a big kid, you know, for somebody with his size, he's got good feet and he's got an explosive first, you know, three or four steps that gets him to some plays. As far as some other guys on the defensive side of the ball, who are some others who have impressed you and who will need to continue to step up uh, as the schedule continues to get tougher and you, you go into your more traditional VVC matchups? Um, you, you know, I think Ethan Davis along uh, Garrett on the inside has done a nice job, uh, you know, um, getting involved in plays and, you know, his growth from the, the spring to the fall is really starting to come through. Um, when you look up front, uh, you know, Hayden Prunkard has played a lot of – he started since he was a freshman, and he's doing a nice job for us up front. Um, the one kid that probably we didn't plan on doing as much as he had coming into the season was Cam Smoot, and Cam's a senior, and, um, you know, he ended up, uh, you know, working really hard in the offseason and, you know, in the preseason and got to the point where we, when we went to Dwight in week one. He was one of the best four of our defensive linemen, so he ended up starting two ways and has done a really nice job in a role that we weren't sure that we he was going to get going into the year, but he, he's done a nice job and earned it. And, you know, on the, on the back end, um, you know, we got we got Blake Hetz as, as the corner who's done a nice job. Uh, you know, Blake's got an interception and has done a nice job playing defense. And then Ethan McLean is a three-year starter back there. And, you know, Ethan's just really solid. And then you got, you know, Nathan Kirby and Mike Jones that kind of split time at safety, and, and, and they're doing a nice job for us. And Cam Smoot's kicking PATs for you as well, right? 
That's actually his younger brother, Ty, that's doing Oh, okay. That. So we've, got, we've got a dual sporter, uh, and Ty's just a sophomore, so he's kicking the PATs for us. Gotcha. Family connection. That's uh, I know that's something that's uh, that's strong in Catlin, typically, family connections on, on all the sports programs. Absolutely. Now, as far as looking forward, I don't I don't want to overlook Seneca by any means, but I know they're off to an 0-2 start. I am curious, though, and I want to ask you about the Week 4 matchup against an Iroquois West team that traditionally has struggled in the last probably 10 to 12 years, uh, but is now 2-0 and uh, on the verge of potentially going 3-0 and if they can beat Georgetown in Week 3. Is that a matchup you've really put any thought to at this point? Uh, not a, not a lot yet. I had, uh, you know, got the opportunity to see them a little bit, uh, against Oakwood because we played, you know, last week on a Saturday. And so they played Friday night. Um, you know, haven't spent a ton, ton of time, just first impressions. Um, first of all, they, they've got some really nice size kids up front, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that move really well. Um, they, they, they execute their scheme very well. I thought they did a good job, you know, against Oakwood of just, doing you know executing what they wanted to do moving the ball down the field being successful and you know i mean obviously when anytime you watch a kid line up at the you know at the 1a level and boot a 44 yard field goal to (laughs) tie the game that's something you you know you never really uh think going into a game you have to worry about a kicker with that kind of skill absolutely joe hagman salt fork football coach joe thanks again for joining us tonight and good luck to you and the guys against seneca and the rest of the way thank you colin i appreciate your time you have a good evening you too joe and uh, what Joe's referring to there is something I don't think I mentioned when I talked about Iroquois West a little earlier in the show. Damian Melgoza kicked a 45-yard field goal uh, to tie the game uh, shortly before overtime against Oakwood, and then Iroquois West ended up winning that game in OT. I looked at the video. I saw it on Twitter today. Uh, it, it probably would have been good from about 60. It was a ridiculously long. It looked like it got shot out of a cannon. Uh, it was straight. It looked to be straight down the middle. The angle of the video was a little off, so it was hard to tell. But the distance was undeniable. The ball just went sailing into the air. Uh, to, you know, at the high school level around here, it, it's hard to find consistent kicking. The last, you know, big time kicker, uh, Aiden Beachy for Tuscola was a very good kicker. Ben Freehill, of course, is the one that comes to mind for me. Gibson City ended up going to Oklahoma State to start his college career as a kicker. Uh, so uh, anytime you can kick, as as Joe Hagman said, a 40-plus yard field goal, that's a, it's usually a pretty good sign for the high school level. But let's go ahead and take our final break on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, we will be joined by Monticello football coach Cully Welter. Stay tuned. Butch here. Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana would like to say thank you for voting us number one in restoration and number one in cleaning services for the third year in a row. We are proud to be your choice when you need to make it like it never even happened. We are adding team members in our Urbana and Danville teams. We offer great benefits and competitive wages and opportunities for growth. Please call 217-355-0077 to set up an interview or apply online at servproshampaignurbana.com. At Ameren, Illinois, we're proud to power one of the smartest energy grids in the nation. But that doesn't mean our work is done. We're always working hard to make that grid smarter, faster, greener. Upgrading our energy grid to raise the bar on reliability because you've got work to do. And as long as you're still going, so are we. Now that's energy at work. Learn more at AmarinIllinois.com slash champagne. Clark Lindsay is building eight more Meadows Edge Villas. They're so popular, only one is left. Interested in moving into a brand new villa next summer? If you reserve the last villa now, you can select its finish options and have one year to prepare for your move. While you'll enjoy living independently in your new villa, you'll have the peace of mind knowing that you have access to any services on Clark Lindsay's campus should your healthcare needs change. Lifetime residency guarantees you are at home no matter what may come your way. Call Clark Lindsay today. Make plans now to attend the fourth annual Horizon Hobby RC Fest, the largest gathering of radio-controlled cars, trucks, airplanes, and more in the Midwest. Thrilling competitions, vendors' exhibits with the newest merchandise. All at Eli Field in Monticello, Friday and Saturday, September 10th and 11th. The action is nearly nonstop. Bring the whole family and your RC car, truck, or plane. Check out the RC Fest Try Me Tents. Saturday, September 10th ends with a night air show featuring a sky filled with LED illuminated craft, plus a free fireworks display. All at Horizon Hobby's RC Fest, September 10th and 11th. More details at horizonrcfest.com. Top Food Restaurant offers authentic Chinese cuisine and a delicious-tasting seafood boil. Try their daily specials, 
including delicious lunch specials starting at only $5.99. Their delicious food, quality fresh ingredients, with no MSG and friendly service, makes a natural choice for eat-in, takeout, or even delivery. Located at 103 West Kirby in Champaign, check out Top Foods, 217-378-4272, Top Foods Restaurant. Hi, it's Michelle with Longview Bank. We're proud to announce that Longview Bank was chosen the People's Choice number one best place to work for the second year in a row. All seven branches, Camargo, Newman, Ogden, Royal, Sydney, St. Joe, and Villa Grove are celebrating this award. We are proud to serve our communities. We invite you to visit our website or stop by one of our locations for all your banking and home mortgage needs. Longview Bank, we belong together. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This week's Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. We are back on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential radio show. I am Colin Likas. It is 645 here in Champaign. And we are going to jump right into our final interview segment of the show tonight. Glad to be joined by somebody who's been on this program a few times since its inception, Monticello coach Cully Welter. Cully, thanks so part, so much for being part of the show tonight. Uh, thanks for having me, Colin. Of course. Well, not surprisingly, you guys are off to another strong start after going 6-0 and during the spring season. It's 2-0 uh, and out of the gate here. Wins over Monticello, or wins over St. Joseph Ogden and Chillicothe <laughs> IBC. Uh, maybe you guys have beat yourself in split squad play, I'm not sure. But uh, as far as the 2-0 start goes, uh, about what you expected, or how have you felt just overall about the way this has gone so far? Yeah, not, not necessarily what I expected. I, I really feel like the conference is very balanced this year, and I was very concerned about St. Joe, knowing they had a lot of guys back, and they really jumped on us early, but I was really proud of the way our kids kind of hung in there and came back and kind of took control of that game. And I thought we played okay against IVC, but I thought we had kind of a second-half letdown. So definitely a lot to work on, but pleased with the fact that we're 2-0 and at this point. Yeah, and I asked, I had two Unity athletes in here earlier in the show. I asked them about playing against St. Joe in Week 2. I wanted to ask you about it in Week 1 because obviously it was just on the doorstep of Dick Duvall's passing, and I know you would have coached against him for a few years. What was the, the, the take me through the atmosphere of that game just so soon after his passing, about 24 hours after his passing, what the emotions were like surrounding that game? Yeah, I mean, it, it was tough, and I can't speak for St. Joe, but I, I got to know Coach Duvall really pretty well the last few years because he actually came over and taught math at Monticello for a year. So uh, he was just down the hallway, and it was it's such a pleasure for me to get to, to pick his brain and, and, and just talk with him. I really got to know him well and, and, and have such great respect for, for who he was. So, uh, yeah, so it was an emotional night for no question um, on the heels of, of his death. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, it's sad that he's gone and uh, it was a tough night well moving into just how this uh, how this season has started so strongly for you guys at 2-0 and I know when we talked last year throughout the season it was uh, largely about the defense three shutouts defense just did not allow a lot of points and here we are 14 points allowed through two games I'll ask you again just a different version of the question is this what you expected out of this defense with so many guys kind of being uh, being replaced needing new guys to fill in for those those senior leaders who graduated yeah I, I really feel like uh, defense is where we have to grow up the fastest and I am pleased with uh, the lack of points we've given up but we have given up some yards uh, we have been a little bit bend but don't break and so uh, we're still a work in progress as far as that's concerned but to, to your point we did lose quite a bit on that side of the ball so very pleased with the, the effort we're getting right now talking with Monticello football coach Cully Welter on the defensive side of the ball are there a few guys you can highlight who have really stood out to you so far uh, defensively, I would say uh, it starts with Ashton Wasson as our, our middle backer. He, he was a defensive lineman for as a sophomore and kind of switched back and forth between the defensive line and linebacker last year. Uh, but he's a fourth, full-time middle linebacker, a little bit bigger than what we're used to having back there. But you know, he's he's kind of our leader there. And then we got another kid, Caleb Breed, uh, defensive end who's been a starter or, or partially a starter at defensive end for three years as well. He's got a pretty good motor. We're very undersized overall. Uh, um, like we have been in the past, uh, and uh, but we've got some kids that that are definitely willing to fight. 
I know that's something we've talked about in the past, Monticello football having an undersized roster, but from your mindset, from the kids' mindset, can you kind of take me through, maybe explain to people who don't know as much about Monticello football just how this team is able to continually be successful despite the fact that you play in a loaded conference and you maybe are a little undersized at times to some of those teams and then some of the teams you're going to see in the 3A postseason? Yeah, I think it's probably uh, seems a bit cliche, but it, it's it really comes down to uh, grit and determination. It's something that we really sort of rallied around last spring because we knew that was going to be the case. And, and as you said, even though we've been undersized for a number of years, it's it's really been uh, more obvious the last couple of years. So we're just trying to carry on what the the group did last spring with that same mindset and say, you know, we're going to be uh, a few pounds lighter. Uh, we're going to have to make it up somewhere. It's going to have to probably be determination, but it's also got to be being smart too. You know, football is a game where you have to do a, your assignment properly and understand your role. And if you're willing to do that, um, that can make a difference as well. Well, let's move to the offensive side of the ball, and I feel like the the first thing people look at when they see your stats right now is the the the, uh, re- the quarterback to receiver connection. I had uh, those two Unity athletes I mentioned at the, to- at the to- earlier on. It was the Blake Kimball to Dylan Rutledge connection that I know you guys will be trying to shut down in Week Nine, and then <laughs> Unity vice versa will be trying to shut down the Joey Sprinkle to Tristan Foreign connection, which against Chillicothe. <laughs> Uh, Joey uh, threw 14 of 22 for 267 and four touchdowns, and Tristan caught eight of those 14 passes for 129 yards. Uh, the, the chemistry between those two, take me through just how it has been so strong and so enduring here. Yeah, it really is a chemistry. I mean, that, that's the right word to use. Uh, they are the they have a love hate relationship. It's mostly love, but they are <laughs> the first to get on the other one in practice, and they're constantly challenging each other. But they do have a special connection when it comes to uh, route concepts and understanding where you know what the other person is going to do. So um, obviously, we have other guys that we feel we can go to, like Peyton Scott and uh, Spencer Mitts and, and Jacob Tackett. But uh, there is a, a special connection between Joey and Tristan, and hopefully that continues. And well, you mentioned Jacob Tackett. You know, replacing a guy like Chris Brown who graduated earlier this year is something that's just very challenging. He was a speedy guy who managed to gobble up yards. But Jacob, I think, is is in good shoes to try and do that. And you haven't necessarily always needed him to, to be rushing the ball in these first two games. But how important is Jacob going to be as we get into the stretch run of Illini Prairie play and then hopefully the postseason? Well, you know, we don't want to rely just on our passing game. We've had to in years past at times, and we don't feel like that's the recipe for success. We want to be as balanced as possible, and Jacob gives us the opportunity to, to do that. He's he's extremely fast, 10th in the state last year in the 100-meter dash, and he's really gotten a lot better as a runner. He used to be more of a just – a speed back that didn't really have a lot of wiggle, uh, whereas Chris had a lot of wiggle. Jacob really didn't have that. But what Jacob's really uh, been able to accomplish this last year is learn how to cut one time and keep uh, cut and keep going north and south. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, if he does that, you know, with his speed, he gets in the secondary, he has a chance to go a long way. Now I know you don't overlook any opponents in the Illini Prairie. That's how you wind up getting a getting an L on the night. But I, I, I just whenever I look at your guys' schedule for this season, it fascinates me that it closes out with at Paxton, at Prairie Central, and then versus Unity in those last three weeks. I mean, for your money, is that one of the tougher final three weeks of the regular season you've you've had at Monticello? Yeah, I, I would say you know it's you know we're as you said we're not worried about that right now. But yeah, if, if you casually look at our schedule, you know those are three juggernauts for sure, um, and uh, which makes it even more important that we uh, play well in these these next couple weeks for sure. And then I wanted to get your thoughts since you're you're a longtime football coach in this area and outside it as well. Just on, on the the officiating situation, I guess. And the reason I bring this up is because you guys have all, as of right now, 7 p.m. Friday games, which is becoming increasingly difficult to find on schedules that teams have only 7 p.m. Friday games. More and more, we're seeing at least a few 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Saturday games sprinkled in, maybe even a Thursday evening game. Uh, Take me through the thought process as a coach. I know it's something that maybe the AD worries about a little more, but as a coach, what are your thoughts on just the officiating situation and and trying to react to that, I guess? 
Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a concern. Um, you know, you feel for those officials that are working Fridays and turn around working Saturdays. Um, I mean, they've got to be tired. Uh, it's it's an issue. And as you said, I know just talking to our athletic director, it is a concern. You, you do see a lot of teams going to Thursdays or Saturdays just to make sure they have somebody for the game. So I don't know what we need to do, but uh, there needs to be an increase in interest in officiating because, uh, you know, these guys aren't getting any younger and uh, – you know, we we need uh, we're, we're going to struggle if if we don't get new blood. Monticello coach Cully Welter, Cully, as always, thanks for joining us and uh, good luck this weekend and uh, the rest of the way moving forward. I appreciate it, Colin. Thank you. Always good to hear from Coach Welter here on the program. That'll wrap up our interviewing portion of the night, but we are not quite done with our top ten countdown. Uh, I just mentioned several Illini Prairie Conference teams that Monticello will be facing off against as the season rolls on. And guess what? You're going to be hearing about a a lot of Illini Prairie Conference teams here in the final four of our top ten. Starting with, at number four, the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. Panthers are actually down one spot in my rankings this week, despite not losing. They are 2-0. Uh, they knocked off uh, they knocked off Olympia to move to 2-0. Only reason I moved them down was because of what the number three team for this week did, so I'll get to that in a moment. But Paxton has made its debut in the Associated Press Class 3A rankings today uh, at number 10. So the Panthers uh, finally moving up from receiving votes into the top 10. That, uh, that makes it three Illini Prairie Conference teams in the top 10 in 3A. We'll get to the other two shortly. But as far as Paxton goes, they're going to get their most significant Illini Prairie test to date since joining the league this school year. They are going to be at Bloomington Central Catholic on Friday. And our number three team up one spot this week is the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are 2-0. They routed Effingham 37-0 in Week 2. I was impressed enough by that result to bump the Bulldogs up one spot in the rankings. They have finally gotten some recognition in the Class 5A AP poll receiving votes. Uh, not to put any any shame, any any negative press, any negative light on the lower uh, lower lower class rankings, 3A, 2A, 1A, but you know, getting into 5A for Muhammad, th- there are some heavyweight schools way up north that you have to work around in order to get recognition in 5A, more so than in 3A, 2A, and 1A. So for Muhammad to start receiving votes in 5A is definitely a good sign for John Adkins' program. It would be a really good sign if they're able to win their home opener in Week 3 against Mount Zion because Mount Zion is currently ranked 7th in Class 4A. So that might even propel Muhammad into the 5A Top 10 if they can win that game. Our number 2 and number 1 teams are the same as they have been since the preseason. At number 2, it's the Monticello Sages. You just heard from Coach Cully Welter. His team is 2-0, beat Chillicothe 29-6 in Week 2. At Stanford Olympia in Week 3, Monticello projecting to be 3-0 and and staying at number 2 or moving up to number 1 if Unity is not able to get the job done because our number 1 team is the Unity Rockets. Had two of those athletes in here earlier tonight. Unity got past St. Joseph Ogden 33-8. They are going to be at Chillicothe IVC in Week 3. So that's the top 10 that appeared in last Sunday's News Gazette. The next top 10 is going to appear in this coming Sunday's News Gazette, along with conference standings and more uh, from the week that was in the local high school football scene. Just taking a look ahead here at week three, I know I've mentioned quite a few games already. Almost all of our schedule is on Friday this week. We do have a few Saturday afternoon games. Uh, Martinsville is visiting Milford Cisna Park for a 2 p.m. eight-man football game. Oblong is going to be facing Westville in Catlin at 1 p.m. on Saturday, and Watsika is going to be visiting Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin at 1 p.m. on Saturday as well. I know talking with Bismarck coach Mark Dodd, he mentioned they have, he didn't provide me specifics, but he mentioned they'll have some sort of ceremony planned in honor of the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I'm sure it'll be a a very patriotic and moving moment that they have pregame. Plenty of games to look forward to on Friday night as well. Uh, Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond going to be trying to get its first win against a state-ranked team in Cumberland. Always looking at the Knights because Caden Fegan, an Illinois target, is the lead running back for them. Arthur has struggled so far at 0-2, but Caden Fegan has not. He has several long touchdown runs already, 50 yards plus. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see one or two more of those, even against a tough Cumberland team in Week 3. Uh, One game I'm going to be looking out for also is Georgetown Ridge Farm at Iroquois West. The Buffaloes trying to get on track at 0-2. More so, Iroquois West being at 2-0. 
First 2-0 start since 2012. They are trying to win more than two games in a season for the first time since 2007. So if the Raiders are able to do that, that would be a pretty significant feat considering that this is the, this is week three of the season, which means there are a lot more games to go and they can win a lot more than three games. So it would be a pretty big feat for the Raiders and Coach Jason Teal, who was actually part of the 2003 Iroquois West State Championship team that won Class 2A. Uh, Peoria at Danville, another game worth watching. The Peoria Lions state ranked in Class 5A. Danville going to be trying to bounce back from that loss against Centennial last week. And then, of course, St. Thomas More at Blue Ridge, which I briefly mentioned earlier on in the show in eight-man action. STM looking for its first official win of the season. Did beat Milford before having to forfeit that game, unfortunately. Blue Ridge is also looking for its first win of the season. It's one of the only local, all-local eight-man matchups that we get since we only have three local teams in eight-man this fall. And then you will see me on the sidelines of Mount Zion at Muhammad Seymour Friday night, 7 p.m. That's the game I'll be covering live See what John Adkins' team can do against the 7th-ranked Class 4A team in Mount Zion. Well, that's all we've got for tonight here on Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential. If you miss Jim Rosso, come back next week because I think Jim's going to be back on the show. I don't think he'll, he'll have a work commitment. I don't think he's trying to avoid us either. I really think he likes being part of this show. But so do I, and we're so glad that all of you could join us tonight. Going to be coming up here with Brett Bielema's show, which you'll hear more about shortly. On the Buse Illini Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome.